Hey guys, before we jump into this episode this week, uh, we want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors for this upcoming November's Ruck Challenge that Hunt Lift Eats putting out. Um, the Ruck Challenge is going to run from November 7th through the 13th, and we just want to give a shout out, uh, show some love to our sponsors. Um, all proceeds from this uh, fitness challenge are going to Noden's Outdoors, so uh, thank you guys for uh, for donating and, and helping out such a great cause. So um, we got 3Ps Manufacturing located in Claremore. Oklahoma, shout out Caleb Peace, Huntlift Eat team member. Uh, we've got the one and only The Ranch, Julian. Shout out Chris Cook, especially to you, Chris, for uh, putting us uh, putting us on the map with Noden. So uh, thank you for establishing that connection there. Shout out to Chris. Uh, Astro City Pressure Washing. Um, our boy Caleb Jordan's running Astro City Pressure Washing. That dude will make your house look shiny. And he does uh, Christmas lights, so hit him up for sure. Um, and then last but not least, we got Stand 2 Blade Company run by the one and only Derek Doc Bosley, the man. I actually just uh, opened up my mail today uh, with one of his knives today. He makes the best knives in the business, so definitely check out Stand 2 Blade Company. Um, so thanks once again to all of our sponsors, and thank you, uh, listeners, for supporting such a great cause. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast brought to you by Hunt, Lift, Eat Official. I'm Carter McKenzie. Running co-host tonight with the one and only Derek Bosley. What's going on, Derek? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just uh, shoved some chili in my face hole after getting back from jujitsu, and I'm ready to go, dude. Dude, you are always eating. Always. Every time I talk to you, you're always eating. I mean, it's it's part of the, the, the big three, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> just an observation, not 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 knocking it or anything. I'm just... Not- just- just an observation, man. Seemed like a shot across the bow, but all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, tonight we're we're pumped to be uh, recording this episode. Um, feeling very fortunate from a hot lift eat point of view. Um, talking about our fitness challenge coming up and the awesome group that we're going to be working with. Um, so our guest tonight is the one and only Phil from Noden's Outdoors. Um, so thanks for jumping on with us, Phil. Yeah, thanks both of you for having me. And uh, I usually eat all the time too. So um, I'm in that boat too. <laughs> <laughs> we always record these right after Derek gets home from jujitsu and he's like, he must be starving every single time. So <laughs> yeah, because I can't eat. I, so like if I eat anywhere like close to two, like two hours is like the cutoff. If I eat before that, I feel like absolute dog shit while I'm there. And then by the time I get back, I'm just fucking starving. It's never fun having a struggle snuggle with a full stomach. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Struggle <laughs> snuggle. I love that. Yeah. So, Phil, you are the vice president of Noden's Outdoors, um, a group and organization that we've recently uh, started beginning a relationship with through, uh, through Chris cook, um, and the ranch. And, uh, we feel very fortunate to have that relationship established and we're pumped to be working with you guys and, and, uh, supporting you with our uh, fitness challenge coming up, our ruck challenge coming up in November. And we want to dive into all that and talk about, we want to talk about note ends and we want to talk about your experience through that. And we want to talk about the fitness challenge. Um, yeah. So let's jump right in it, man. If that's cool with you. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you want to start? Heck yeah. Well, why don't you give us a little rundown on Nodens, Phil? Yeah, so Nodens is um, 
a nonprofit for SOCOM and intelligence community veterans. Um, we kind of had to narrow the scope this past year uh, to be a little bit more specific because we try to do quality over quantity. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that would benefit from the outdoors. I think it's how we are programmed, but um, there's a lot of parallels with hunting uh, for those types that come from those backgrounds. So um, every year we select eight recipients um, and basically take them from zero to hero uh, with the bow set up. Um, bow is a lot more um, therapeutic and meditative. So it kind of gets them away from that loud life that they're used to. Um, but it still has a lot of the marksmanship and deliberate methodology that dudes are used to being trained in. Um, so then they get to get into planning and reconnaissance and the hunt itself and the suck fest that comes from prepping for the hunt and the hunt itself. Um, and it also creates the more important portion of the nonprofit is it makes a tribe. So it's a new team for dudes to kind of hang out and talk shit and be competitive over. So that's, that's no dance in a nutshell. Um, our year trajectory, we pick the class in January and then um, we outfit them with our sponsors, with bows, camo, everything they need. Cause it's, it's a pretty steep curve as I'm sure you guys know, coming from the hunting background, um, what kind of bow, what kind of grip, what kind of sight, and then how do you even shoot it or sight it in? And it's, it's a lot, right? Um, so we kind of trim all that off for them. And then we take them to Julian, California for a full week where they learn how to break down an animal, shoot 3D, everything so they're proficient. And these dudes go from never shooting their bow to grouping at 90. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And then it culminates with a hunt in Virginia. Um, actually, my college roommate's farm um, for whitetail in November. So they're actually going to go out there in two weeks and for some of, for most of them, it's harvesting their first animal. Um, some of the guys were so good after Julian, they've already participated in hunts in their home states. So, yeah. That's freaking awesome. That was one of my questions. One of my like a hundred questions. Uh, what, per, and I don't want to jump ahead too much here, but what percentage of the guys that come through node ends are, you know, hunters in their previous experience? So we actually refined it um, to be that they have had no bow hunting experience. Um, so it was always easier in SOCOM to train dudes that have never shot pistol before than trying to fix everybody's bad habits. But that's I think it's more the camaraderie of starting at zero and humbling yourself and the ego and then um, and then building on that, right? So and I th and I think for most people, if your if your dad's taught you how to hunt and everything else, you you kind of have those familiarities. But if you've never gotten into it before, and you don't have a lot of friends or network that does it, then it's hard to learn, right? It's it's a pretty steep learning curve of playing the wind, even just simple things like that. So, yeah, our our criteria now is um, to be out within two and a half three years. Um, and that's lenient, right? Depending on the individuals when we screen and then never having bow hunted before. There's something to be said 
for being terrible at something with a group of dudes that uh that brings you together. Like if you got that one guy that's a stud, you're like, well, fuck that guy. I can't even hit paper, and he's fucking Robin Hooding over there. Yeah, and most of these guys, I mean, the class this year, we had guys that had done 20 plus years in special operations and some of them at the highest level. Um, and man, they, they pick it up so quick and they're just crushing it. So for me, me, I mean, I was, I was a team dude too, but for me as cadre as well, I'm like, man, I better practice because these dudes are going to put my ass at the end of the week, you know? So it's cool. It's definitely good, healthy competition. Yeah, and what better like outlet for that than you know archery and bow hunting as a whole? Because like as a discipline, like holy shit, man, that'll spin you on your head and turn you upside down, and that'll take you for a ride, man. And anybody who has seriously bow hunted or just gotten into archery, right, not even going after a big game animal, take that out of the equation. Even before that, just trying to hit targets at various various distances there's so much that goes into it it totally makes sense that that is i mean that discipline can be as complicated as you want it to be right there's never you're never going to achieve 100 percent proficiency it's just not a discipline where that's a possibility there's always room to grow even with dudes like you know dudley at like knock on like one of the most amazing archers that i i know of or like cam haynes or like guys like that like there's always room to grow and there's a reason why those guys are out there shooting 60, hundred arrows a day uh, because that is a, uh, it's a, a discipline where growth is necessary and, and constant. Yeah. Ammo is a little cheaper these days too, I think. <laughs> yeah. No kidding, man. And uh, talk about the hardships with it too. Like ask Derek, how many, how many mosquito bites he has from hunting in Florida this past, this past weekend, like fucking all over. (laughs) Oh my God. It was maddening. It's, (laughs) it looks like I got shot with like buckshot all over my body. Just, there's just holes everywhere. It's fucking ridiculous. I hate this. Yeah. When I was in, um, I was in Marsoc, we do all of our pipeline training to become an operator in North Carolina and it's all in the swamps. So I remember one night we all put hundred percent deed on our face, which is probably not good. But I remember one night sitting there with MVGs, night vision goggles on. And I was looking at this dude straight across from me and his whole face was covered in mosquitoes. And he had no idea. And there's yeah. eating him alive. At and that point. And then that exercise was over. <laughs> that exercise is over and we're back in the classroom debriefing. And my buddy Dom starts making mosquito noises, like me, and everybody starts swatting. But there's no mosquitoes in there, but everybody just has legit PTSD from mosquitoes. Dude, at that <laughs> point, the fucking 100% DEET is worth the cancer because those things are ruthless. <laughs> yeah, I literally sprayed it on my ears just so I couldn't hear it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. The other cool thing, I want to jump into your story and your kind of introduction with Noden's Phil. But the other thing that you mentioned um, when explaining the organization uh, was the word tribe, which I think when Derek and I sat down with Chris, that was something that really stuck out to us and really uh, something we try to emulate over here at Hunt, Lift, Eat. And I think is very reciprocal kind of feeling um, with our members and, and our listeners here. 
even on the about page of Node Ends, it says tribe three different times, obviously very intentionally. Um, tell us tell us a little bit more about that, like why that word in, in particular for you guys? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> in SOCOM, you're on small teams, right? Um, all the way through the pipeline, you're on a small team. They get put onto a small team in Marsoc. There's only 14 of us, you know, so you are 100% reliant on each other and you got to look out for the dude to your left and to your right. And once you get out of the service, for a lot of guys, you know, for, for me personally, I did high school and college track and then I joined the regular Marine Corps. Then I went to special operations selection and made it. So I've always been on a team, you know what I mean? So then when you get out and you don't have the dudes and that camaraderie and that team that not only hold you accountable, but to be able to, to relate to what you're going through or your experiences or your home life or all those things, you know, it's, you become isolated. And so bringing back a tribe or a team, um, I think for humanity as a whole, it's good, right? It's, it builds community, it builds trust, it builds um, a, a fortified unit that can kind of overcome things together. So I think the tribe aspect of Node Ends and of all these groups, I think are, that's, that's the most powerful piece to all of it, right? Um, harvest, harvesting an animal and all these things um, has a primitive nature to it. And we also use... Um, sensor trackers like the aura ring to show dudes that being outdoors is is good for their system right um but you pair that with the camaraderie of a, of a tribe and everything else you got a good recipe for success for some dudes they they you know you spend 20 years in special operations you feel like you can handle everything so they get out and and try to take on all this all this shit that they got to deal with between transitioning, you know, some guys are dealing with, you know, PTSD or survivor guilt, all that shit. And they, they try to do it by themselves. But you know, when you look back at the military, you don't do fucking anything by yourself. Like you don't go on a mission by yourself. You never clear a room by yourself. Like all you're always teamed up with at least one other dude. And then you go out into the civilian world and try and fucking go it alone. And, get bad results. So I, I think it's, it's a huge thing. Um, you guys setting up these teams, these tribes for these dudes to, to get back into the world and, and, and kind of reprogram and, and see what life on the other side is like. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, there's, there's been a lot of studies that come out recently as far as traumatic brain injury and parallels with the NFL and, you know, even MMA and things like that, that guys go through, but, you know, trauma aside, uh, the common denominator is the identity crisis, right? You go from being, especially in SOCOM, you know, but the military in general, like you said, you're, you're never alone. You're told where to be, what to wear, all these things it's done for you. And you're kind of a machine, right? So, but they don't really deprogram you from that. So they spend all this time, putting you through boot camp and the pipelines, but there's no real unraveling of that. So for a lot of dudes, for, for me, for example, when I got out, I thought it would be, I thought it would be a great idea to go back to school. And so I went, I moved to Utah and went to the university of Utah 
And that ended up being super difficult for me going from being top 1% of the US military to now, oh, cool, I'm Phil, I'm a college student, you know? So like, it was it was hard, hard to try to quantify that in my head, but also then I didn't have the tribe. I was hanging out with kids that didn't really have any global perspective and seeing the atrocities that I've seen or seeing things that make them appreciate what we have here in the U S and all those kinds of things. And it was very difficult for me. And yet they're bitching about your microaggressions. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Asking me what my pronouns are, but, um, but for me, a pinnacle moment was actually hunting related. Um, I left, I left the college class. It was too much for me, which was hard because I'd never quit anything in my life up to that point. Right. And, all through the pipeline, all through special operations, it's always, I can take one more step. I can do one more day. You know, like there was, there's no quit. That's, that's the perspective that you're expected to have. So for me to withdraw from a class was even more demoralizing. Um, so not only am I going through identity crisis, I'm doing things that don't make sense to me, all these things, right? So we went on a family hike, my wife and I, with our dog. And um, we ended up having an encounter with a moose. And I dropped that thing with a 1911 at seven yards with one hand. And that's not an ego, like, douchebaggery comment. Holy shit. I had shit. a camera in one hand. And it, was, it was purely reactive, right? And it was in that moment, DNR came up everything. So I'm not a wanted poacher, just, just to clarify for everybody. Um, DNR even butchered it out and donated it to me to my <laughs> wife. But in that pinnacle moment, I was like, okay, I'm still that dude, right? I can still put seven rounds in the chest of an animal running at me at seven yards and and protect me and my my little family. So I was like, okay, I'm still I'm still that dude that I know. And that's what actually got me into hunting. I was like, that was a freaking rush, and I haven't had a rush like that since, you know, deployment or like our intense training situations. So I was like, I, I need some more of that because it gives me what I used to do. So that's when I started looking up elk hunting and bow hunting and all those things. And it was so many similar parallels to that other life that it just made that transition, that identity crisis a little less steep. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what then bridged the gap between you and how did you get on board with Nodens? Yeah. So social media for me is real love, hate. Most days I want to delete it, but um, <laughs> I'm thankful because I get to meet dudes like you. And I was very lucky to meet Matt Williams uh, who founded Nodens. Um, he's actually one of my really good friends now. And um, he brought me on board because I ended up buying a bow on KSL, which is like, Utah, Idaho, Craigslist. And I got into it by myself, self-taught, did all the school of knock on YouTube by myself at home. Nice. I went yeah. from not being able to hit a target at 20 yards, which for my brain was like, you suck, you know? Frustrating, yeah. So I had to become, I had to try to figure out how to get as close to perfection as I could, right? So, But stance, grip, sight alignment, all those things are exactly what you do in special operations when you're learning to shoot. So it all made sense to me. Um, so basically I did all that, went on my first elk hunts and it was 
you can ask my wife that that was the beginning of self-healing and finding new outlets that appeal to my brain and how I'm wired. And so I had those conversations with Matt and Matt was like, Hey, we're in the first year. But when I got out of um, the agency, I got a bow and had a similar, you know, epiphany that the outdoors and hunting and all these parallels were good. And it seems that you have too. So I would like you to come on board and help, um, help me out if you're down. And at the time I was just doing freelance photography because apparently that's the only thing that's transferable from being a special operator is taking pictures because <laughs> it's real frowned upon these days to blow things up and shadow people. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. So, Obama. I, so, yeah. <laughs> so I started taking pictures and helping note ends with marketing and things like that and flew to Julian for their first year uh, with their plank holder class. And Matt and I weren't sure, you know, we weren't sure if, if it was a fluke, if it was going to apply to the masses or what, but every single one of those dudes, um, it, ch it changed their life and it gave them a team and it gave them a purpose. And, and both classes now, this, we just did our second class next year will be our third. Um, both classes. Now we have had individuals come up and say, you know, this is, this has saved my life. You don't know where I was at before this, you know? So for me, that's, that's proof enough, you know, um, especially with how it's 44 veteran suicides a day and all these things. And, and I've, and I've been there, you know, I've, I've, I've been rock bottom out in the desert with my dirt bike by myself, trying to figure out my brain and multiple concussions, TBI, all those things make it that much more difficult. Right. Um, so I've been there, I've been rock bottom. And for the, to understand that those dudes need a purpose and they need a tribe and everything else, we have a propensity to give dudes that, you know? And, um, yeah. So I guess like Biden would say, you know, proof is in the pudding or puddings in the proof. I don't know. But, oh, but yeah. it works. <laughs> like he doesn't normally say like, ah, sure. Yeah. Hold something dear. That's his way up. <laughs> Yeah, your audio broke up on that, but it sounded the exact same. Yeah, if, if he strings <laughs> if he strings three sentences together, I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome, Phil. That's I mean, what Nodens is doing is unbelievable work, and that's kind of what turned Derek on to or put y'all on Derek's radar, and then brought it to Hot Lift Eat as a whole. And you know, we've really enjoyed diving into it and getting to know you guys. And I mean. What a, I mean, what a noble cause, man. And through archery, like, come on, what a better way to, for anybody to heal and grow and learn about yourself and learn something new while you're at it. And, you know, like I said earlier, dive as deep as you want into it. And it's frustrating and <laughs> it's amazing and it's life changing. Like it's, it's a significant speed bump, man. Yeah, I mean, I think hunting in general is humbling, but I think, uh, I mean, that's why they call it hunting, not killing, right? But um, the bow hunting thing, I think, especially for dudes that come from that heart of a selection and that demanding of a job, it makes more sense, right? It's, it's kind of the pinnacle difficulty of hunting, unless you're going to go hand to hand. But, you know, you hope that doesn't happen. 
Well, so, it kind of sounds like you almost did with a moose. So that was about hand to hand. I'm not trying to fist fight a moose. <laughs> yeah, that was my welcome to Utah present, I guess. But <laughs> normally, normally somebody brings you like a fruit basket. Yeah, for all those people out there who say poor moose, I did. Unlike Marines were supposed to, I did shoot a warning shot first, and it was still coming. So now then I got it put in the freezer, and we we ate that for seven months. It was awesome. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your program. Once you decide who your your course is, once you select your participants, um, what does that kind of look like for the guys or individuals going through your your program and your course? Yeah, so um, we have an ongoing chat uh, with the Node End staff. So we're available every single day to answer questions, this, that, and the other. And then the first thing that happens after dues have been notified is um, they all get an aura ring sensor. And we have a human performance coach who tracks sleep and all those things and helps them identify their baseline. So a lot of dudes, when they get out, they have sleep issues. They have, you know, high blood pressure issues. Um, hormone deficiencies, all kinds of things like that. I mean, the overexertion of the adrenal gland actually affects testosterone production. So there's a new word out called operator syndrome, but essentially most dudes in the military that have been exposed to high levels of stress have a lot of really bad symptoms. So we help these dudes identify those things so they can start on the path to, you know, mind, body, spirit being better. And then we start plugging in things like the bow. So we send this past year, we were fortunate enough to partner up with PSE. Um, so everybody got a new PSC XF30. And then QU's been on board. So they've been helping outfit dudes with basic camo and things like that. And so we basically give dudes the whole suite that they need. And then they fly to Julian, California with it, and we go hands on. So by the time those dudes leave, they've fletched their own arrows, they've zeroed their own bow, they've gotten reps on the 3D course, they've shot from a saddle up in a tree, um, they've game processed uh, a goat, which is very similar to a deer from, from start to finish, and then we do wild game cooking, and then we also have a lot of time around the fire at night where dudes get to share where they're at in their transition, what's helped, what hasn't helped, and kind of mentor and it that's that's really where the bond for the tribe starts, right? No, everybody can have very vulnerable and honest conversations about, well, shit, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that hot, right? And it's funny because in special operations, you never said anything when you weren't doing well because that risked you getting ejected from the team. So for these giant dudes, you know, like Cody Alfred is as a mountain of a man. Uh, he was on this year's class, like for a giant dude like that to sit down and be honest and vulnerable with all the other homies so that guys can realize they're not alone in this. That's, that's powerful. And then from there we continue touch points. So we give them human performance stuff that they can do at home. And basically we just give them all the tools that when, when they start going out the deep end and having a hard time and things aren't lining up and they're not sleeping and stress and all these things, they can reel back in and be like, okay, how did I get back to zero 
during that year with no dents. Um, I eat better. I sleep better. I work out. You know, I get in the woods. I get time methodically shooting with my bow. And those, those core things will help me get back to zero. So basically, that's what we're grooming the whole year. And then from there, our next touch point is November, where those dudes get to come back together, you know, get an update. Yo, dude, how's that going? How's this going? Where are you at with this? And then they all get to bond over, you know, harvesting an animal. And they get to cook that around the fire. And then those dudes get to take that meat home with them to their family. So it's like a, another provision thing, right? The hunter-gatherer, now we're providing meat back to the family. And then what we're hoping to do long-term with this is geographically plot a map so that these dudes can start plugging in with prior classes. So if, if there's a couple of dudes from Node Ends that you know came from Tennessee and there's another dude in North Carolina and Virginia, those dudes could get together and get in a tree stand and have real conversations and check in and that's that's the team, you know. That's dudes that know what you're going through and have also done the program and see the benefit. So that's kind of the annual year trajectory and the methodology behind it. That's awesome. That's really cool. And then once you get guys in those regional areas, the the program or those who have gone through the program, it, it can kind of feed itself and that's who can check in with each other and set up hunts with each other and, you know, still, you know, chase after this journey of bow hunting together uh, with the same, you know, just like being at, at the ranch or wherever they were right. and, and I mean, during the program. We still talk to dudes from last year's class and some guys from last year's class are going to the hunt in November this year so they can meet dudes from this year's class and that kind of thing. So there's good cross, you know, I guess pollination. Is that a good word? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, we get a lot of emails too from guys that, you know, don't meet the criteria that weren't in special operations. And, you know, why, why do we only do special operations? Well, one, uh, most of our staff comes from that background, myself, and then the intelligence community and this, that, and the other. So we, I think we can relate to those dudes a little bit better and get one-on-one. And one of the soft truths is quality over quantity. And that's something we try to preach, right? If, if we have so many dudes in each class and chicks, um, it's hard to get that one-on-one time. So, and it's hard to open up, I think, in front of a giant group versus a close-knit team. And that's kind of where the tribe comes from. So, you know, my response for, for a lot of those dudes that don't qualify or because, I mean, I got friends that were in the infantry, you know, or were in regular support MOSs and things like that. You know, my, my answer for those dudes is you know, build a community. You know, you're not the only one, you know, find, find other veterans, get, you know, get in the woods and it doesn't have to be hunting. You know, it could be. It could be jujitsu, it could be rock climbing, whatever it is, you know, like-minded individuals group together and, and do challenging things with each other, right? Because not a single piece of ser- being in the service is not challenging. And I think, I think the human condition needs challenge and needs adversity because that's where growth comes from, right? So, yeah. I was just going to say how incredibly powerful it's got to be to have those dudes just sitting around a campfire and, and actually being able to 
to tell you what's really on your mind because I know when I was in Ranger Regiment, if you ask somebody how they were doing, you got two answers. You're either good or fine. And if you're completely fucked up, you just said fine. Like you're not going to get a straight answer. So for these dudes to actually open up and tell you what's really going on in their head has to be incredibly powerful because they actually trust you enough to help them through this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of our recipients this year, he was in a tier one unit and he said that if the whole time that he was there, if he missed a shot, he was fined money. So if, if he, if he was outside of the, of the kill box and I'm not talking about like the whole silhouette target, right? Like if you, if you're outside of the kill box, you got fined a pretty astronomical amount of money and you got like high strikes. You basically had three strikes and you were done. So he was like, it's so nice shooting this bow that doesn't make a ton of noise. And there's no stress to where this arrow goes other than it needs to hit something safe, right? So, and I was like, man, what a weight off for you. You get to actually enjoy this week, you know? But it's just another, it's another, you know, militarism that dudes don't talk about. There's a lot of pressure to perform when you're there and it's, it's good to get out. Yeah. That dude probably spent 10 years doing that. Like worrying about that shit every fucking day, day in, day out. Like that takes a toll. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was 11. Fuck. Yeah. 11 years doing that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome that you guys, I mean, it's incredible, man. It's healing through bow hunting and that's (laughs) the most significant thing I can think of, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, and then the human performance piece, you know, kind of relates to what you guys are doing. We kind of, not to sound arrogant again, but special operations and that higher level, you're basically a pro athlete, right? If you have to be in the gym every single day, you if if you don't, you get you get shit on, right? You're a turd because your fitness directly correlates to the survivability of your team. So. If you're not in there, if you're out of shape and you're fat and you're a piece of junk, then, you know, you're a risk to force. So those dudes are in there in the gym every single day. And I remember when I was in, you know, if if I didn't go to the gym and do an hour workout, I didn't work out that day. It didn't matter if we had to walk 18 miles or a rucksack. It didn't matter if we had to freaking climb a building. It didn't, it didn't matter if we had a fin I didn't count any of that as working out. I only counted, you know, hit or CrossFit or whatever actual workout that I was doing at the time. So we try to teach these dudes when they get out too that, you know, but it, but that I'm sure you guys know it creates a roller coaster effect, right? So you can be on top of your game and then you can get injured because you're not taking time off and you're going too hard or you go do green side patrolling for a week and you lose all your gains. And then you're trying to climb the ladder again, you know, so there's a lot of up and down. So we teach dudes now a lot of functional fitness and to pay attention to, you know, heart rate variability and sleep and all those things. So we're creating a more healthy individual instead of, you know, a highly stressed individual. Yeah. And that, that physical performance kind of ties in perfectly to what brought both of our groups together here and you know this may be a good 
make sense transition to our fitness challenge that we got coming up in November. Um, so Derek, do you want to kind of lay that out a little bit for listeners and kind of talk about how those two marry up? Yeah, sure. So, um, we had already talked about doing a, a ruck challenge, um, just for something to do, uh, for us. And then as we were talking to Chris, she told us about Nodens and it just made sense since we, we like to, you know, get back with these that, uh, that we, you know, pick you guys as the, uh, the recipient of, um, our charitable donation for this one. So the, the whole basis is for the, the week of the seventh through the 13th. It's just ruck as much as you can. We're going to track it, um, through an app. It'll all be in the instructions that you get sent after you sign up. Um, the weight for dudes will be 35 pounds. The weight for chicks will be 25 pounds and that's dry before water. Um, and then just walk your ass off. We're going to have some prizes for uh, everybody. And at the end, we're going to make our donation to Nodens and um, help them with the next class, hopefully. So get as many people as you can out there. So listeners sign up. Um, we should have it on the site in the next few days. And, uh, and that way we can, help these guys as much as possible. You gotta go to jujitsu with a rock on shit. Yeah. <laughs> try, try and have somebody take my so, back with a fucking Alice pack on. Good luck. <laughs> Phil, Derek and I, when we do these challenges, it creates an unhealthy level of competition between the two of us. We really don't give a shit. Whoever else does this challenge. <laughs> uh, we want everybody to do it, to raise money for your awesome organization. But the only the only two that matter during this competition is Derek and myself. Um, so if well, I, I, I'll I actually fucking, live on a ranch, so there you go. <laughs> I don't really I don't really rock down roads and stuff anymore. But I have Alice pack. I got a thirty five pound weight, so I'm just going to put that sucker on every time I go out to do chores or chase horses around yep. the field. So you see where the three of us are at. I also don't give a fuck if I win. Just as long as I beat Carter, that's that's really it. Like if, there, <laughs> if there's ten thousand people, all I got to do is finish in nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. As long as Carter's ten thousand, I don't go fuck. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll have to. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, I think you beat me on the last one. I think you yeah. pulled it out in the middle of the night. Yeah. So I've got a vendetta. I've got a vendetta. But yeah, I mean. We're going to push this hard, man. This is fantastic. And this is, uh, this is money well spent. I mean, this, all this, all this money is going to be going to the, your fantastic organization, Phil. And, um, this, this says it all. And, you know, we highly encourage everybody listening to this and we're going to push this hard to check out Nodens on, on Instagram and, and check out their website and reach out to Phil, reach out to myself or Derek, if you, if anybody has any questions, um, because it's a, it's a noble cause, man, and we respect the hell out of what you're doing, Phil. No, we really appreciate your guys' support. I think it aligns perfectly what you what you're doing with what we're doing, and um, I mean, I'm stoked to beat both of you. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, dude, if a former Marsock operator beats me, like I'm fine with that. Like I'm a freaking cross country and tennis coach. Like it'll be, I can live with that. But if Derek beats me. <laughs> I, I mean, I was destined to be a cross country kid. <laughs> I can't have no crayon eating marine beat, man. Now I got a fucking two people I got to be. Son of a bitch. 
This dude's over here eating paleo. <laughs> it was delicious. It's just meat. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice, man. Yeah, we're stoked, man. Um, Phil, dude, thanks for jumping on here, man. This has been fantastic. Um, you got any closing thoughts for us, man? No, I mean, um, I mean, the, the thing I'm most thankful for from my time in is, um, my perspective of time itself, you know, and so one thing none of us can get any more of. So the little bit that we have on this earth, why, why not help others? You know, that's, that's my perspective now, now that I'm out and, uh, don't waste a fucking second of it. So hopefully everybody listening out there will get in on this rock challenge, not just for node ends, but I mean, what else are you gonna do? You can get off the couch and go walk around and, be a happier, healthier human being. And you can talk shit to Derek and Carter and me when you do this. So hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, you both for having me on and thank you uh, so much for what you're doing to help our 2023 class. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how we all do. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Derek, what you got? Oh, nothing, man. I'm just stoked to see, uh, see this right around the corner. So uh, come off your wallet, you saucy fucks. Go get a ruck. <laughs> go get some boots get your ass off the couch like phil said and let's fucking go god rangers are so aggressive yeah dude i oh god i love and hate when he calls me that it's the worst oh <laughs> yeah uh phil where can uh where can folks find uh you and nodens on social media uh nodens is at nodens outdoors and then our website is nodensoutdoors.org and then my personal is j.w.phillips um, for Instagram. So, yeah, feel free to hit me up. Um, I'll respond to everybody's DMs other than Derek's, but, you know. <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Mine are just dick pics. I don't, I don't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that dude that sits on the side of the bed. Yeah, he's not lying. He's not I'm lying. show you my bullfrog. all right listeners thanks for joining us this week god appreciate the hell of you guys check out our uh november fitness challenge uh check out no dance check out uh phil's page on instagram um let us know if you have any questions and as always we appreciate the hell of you guys we'll talk to you next week